What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. Today is Monday, May 16th, 2022, and it has been almost a month since the last time I talked to you guys. It was a crazy month working at Wrigley Field again. Um, I'm loving every moment of it, working for the Chicago Cubs and just throughout the ASAP network and everything I'm doing. Um, it's been nothing but a blessing, and, and taking a break from the podcast was very tough for me, but it was definitely needed. I was coaching high school baseball. Shout out Northtown Baseball, man. I mean, those kids, they, they worked their asses off. Um, what an amazing season. We finished off the season with a 500 record, that or above 500 record, pardon me. That is the first time in over 12 years. Not only did they win over 500, they won a playoff game. They are the division champs in their conference. I can't be more happy with them. Shout out Northtown Baseball. Thank you for the opportunity, and I can't wait to run it back next season. Um, you know, shout out the Chicago Cubs. Shout out the ASAP Network. Shout out the Chicago Sky for everything I've been doing over there. We're dropping our Candace Parker, uh, Courtney Vandersloot, um, James Wade, and many and Emma Miesemann, and many other individuals that I've interviewed so far in the last few days. Um, they, those are all going to be dropping at the All Sports All Plays Network, so definitely give them some love. I'm not trying to throw out just a bunch of sponsors here. I'm not trying to throw things down your throat after not even talking to you guys for a month. Um, and I'm sorry I didn't communicate that. I just, you know, I, I even said it in the last pod that after the Bulls playoff run, we were going to be taking a month break because we literally not only covered every single Chicago Bulls game, but every single playoff game. You know, we were covering so much football and just everything. It was exhausting, and, and that was a well-needed rest, and I'm very happy that we got it. Um, but with that being said, you know, today is an all-shy recap. And you know, if you see the title of a Mike on the Mic episode that says all-shy recap, that means we haven't talked in a while. Um, but with that being said, the Chicago Blackhawks, this is going to be very quick, very brief, have been eliminated from playoff contention. They suck. Point blank period. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's awful. It's frustrating because I love hockey. I love Chicago Blackhawks hockey. You know, everything they do 
throughout my childhood has just been nothing short of amazing. Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, and the list goes on and on of amazing individuals throughout this organization right now that have been a part of dynasties and, and, and winning cultures are, are now one of the laughing stocks of the league. And it's really unfortunate, especially when you have great talents like the Brinkett, Kirby, and, and so many others. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's slowly coming together, very slowly. Um, but I, you know, I don't know if Kaner and Taze are going to be here by the time it does all come together. I'm very curious to see what this offseason brings with those two's contracts uh, expiring very soon. So it, it's, it's really interesting to me to see what happens with that. Uh, it would be a heartbreaker to see those two not retire Blackhawks. But it also it makes sense if Johnny goes back to Canada where he was born or, or Pat goes back to Boston or Buffalo or wherever he wants to go. Um, it, it definitely would make sense because that's their hometown and or just to get another cup. You know what I mean? Like they deserve it. Um, you know, so we're going to keep that very brief. The Chicago Blackhawks, there isn't much to talk about. Um, you know, obviously trading one of the best goalies in the league, um, you know, in, in Marc-Andre Fleury. And, and, and that just happens. You know what I mean? That's a, we already talked about that, but that was the writing on the wall that, you know, this season was a scratch and, and they didn't really care. They didn't really get nothing for him. So. You know, it, it really does scream what this season was. Um, but today we're going to be talking about a lot other than the Blackhawks. We're going to be talking about the Chicago Bears and Ryan Poles' first NFL draft as the general manager of a of an NFL organization. Um, you know, what that looks like now, how that transpired, you know, not having a first-round pick this year, projected to be one of the worst teams in the league next year, uh, top three worst teams, bottom feeders on DraftKings.com right now. Um, but definitely check that out, um, you know, because the projections are hopefully going to rise. We got the team schedule we're going to be talking about. Then we're going to be talking about Seiya Suzuki and the Chicago Cubs situation, the Chicago White Sox, and Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, and the future of those two with the Chicago Bulls and much more. Can't wait to get into it with you guys today. It has been a blessing to be back listening to you guys and just seeing your feedback in the comments is amazing. Please leave a like, comment, share, whatever you got to do on any of the platforms. Definitely check it out. So let's get right into it. So to kick it off today, we got the unfortunate news about Lonzo Ball. You know, we're, we're obviously going to talk about Zach Levine and, and all the possible destinations that he might be able to go to, whether it be in free agency or via sign and trade, whether it may be Anthony Davis, who cares? Right now, we have to talk about the big elephant in the room. The Bulls front office has, quote, a serious concerns about Lonzo Ball's knee per Dave Kaplan. This is one of the most... <sighs> terrifying things I feel like could be happening right now to the Chicago Bulls. Um, I don't know why my voice just did that, but it's one of the most terrifying things that could happen to the Chicago Bulls. One, because Zach Levine already has torn his ACL and he currently has knee issues. Now you're going to tell me that Lonzo Ball, after a partially torn meniscus, is not getting any better. ESPN 1000's David Kaplan just provided the kind of off-season news you never want to hear. This is per BleacherNation.com. We're going to get into it right now. I'm super excited about it. Um, just to just to talk Bulls basketball, but it's a very unfortunate conversation that we're having. Dave Kaplan said, quote, I am hearing that there are serious concerns within the front office of the Chicago Bulls that Lonzo Ball's knee is not getting any better. Not getting better. Um, Kaplan said Monday morning on Cap and J-Hood, quote, so they've been out for how long? Two weeks. He couldn't play in that series. If they start, if they were starting the Eastern Conference Finals Tuesday, he could not play. They're having real concerns of why he is still in pain 
anytime he had, he tries to ramp it up and if he can't ramp it up in practices or in workouts to get himself where he needs to be then how the hell is he going to be able to be healthy for an 82 game season this is a serious problem it really honestly it sounds like cap um i didn't hear the actual audio but this is a legitimate source so um it definitely does sound like cap i could hear the how the hell i, I love when he does that um but it's definitely a serious concern, especially because Lonzo Ball hasn't had a healthy season in the NBA, a relatively healthy season, his entire career, even his UCLA days. You know, he he always gets banged up or he always has these muscle injuries and there's nothing you can really do to prevent that. Um, You know, some guys are just like that. A long season, a strenuous season, the way that is, um, it's really, really frustrating. And, And it's one of those conversations to where, we need to be real with ourselves and real with what's going on. With Lonzo Ball on the court, the Chicago Bulls, to me, are a top 10, top 12 team in this league. I would say they're anywhere from 7 to 12. Um, you know, I, I think you can make conversations for others, for others, especially after Boston's insane come up in the second half of this season and knocking out, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, um, and and now advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals after beating the defending champs in the Milwaukee Bucks. Also, shout out Luka Doncic. Luka Magic, baby, the future GOAT. He's top five. I don't care anybody says. Um, You know, Luka is my favorite player in this league other than Jimmy Butler um, and John Morant. But, you know, it's definitely, and Clay, obviously Clay. But it's definitely one of those conversations, though, where we have to be real with ourselves and understand, you know, that, you know, Lonzo Ball not being a part of this offense, the Bulls, the Bulls all around aren't a great team because a Billy Donovan offense is very point guard, true point guard driven. And I, I make that clear because some people say, well, every team is point guard driven. True point guard driven versus point guard driven are two different conversations. You know, when, when you had Russell Westbrook back in the day, Russell Westbrook, that was a true point guard. Chris Paul, Shazier Alexander, Lonzo Ball, Derrick Rose, the list goes on and on of great floor generals. Kyrie Irving, um, you know, we, we can do this all day. Even LeBron James. I mean, guys who can really make plays. Steph Curry. I mean, they, they just are true point guards. They do what they have to do in order to space the floor and just keep moving. And I love that. That is amazing. So I I, I think, you know, with Ayo DeSumo, you could clearly tell it wasn't the same. Kobe White, it wasn't the same. Um, you know, Alex Caruso, it wasn't the same. And, and it's one of those conversations to where if Lonzo Ball's not there, what are we going to do to be able to fill in that slot of a true point guard to be able to slow down this offense. One of the biggest problems with with the second half of the season when Lonzo went down was DeMar is running up the offense or or Levine is running up the floor with the offense. And the problem with that is they play too fast-paced and they're chucking up threes or they're 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 scrambling in to hit the mid-range shot. And and that's perfectly fine, but they're forcing these shots where Lonzo slows up the tempo, he controls the game, he gets everybody open. And then good shots are taken. That's the big problem. And that was the big problem against Milwaukee was that we were just taking bad shots. We were taking stupid shots. Now, there were many reasons why we lost against Milwaukee. Don't get it twisted. Like, we, we weren't big enough. You know, we weren't playing any type of defense. There were a whole di- And that's another part of Lonzo Ball's game that we haven't even gotten into is defense. He's easily the best defender on the team. Um, but it, it comes down to it at the end of the day to where... You know, we really need to just have this conversation of what's going to happen if Lonzo Ball is not healthy. 
I'm perfectly fine with him missing training camp and summer workouts. I'm perfectly fine with him even missing a few games this season or whatever it has to be. I think we'd be perfectly fine as long as he's back by the second half of the season. If Zach Levine is back, obviously, um, then we, we, we'd be in a great position to just be successful. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited to see, um, you know, if this team can run it back. I, I'd be very upset if they can't run it back in some capacity to where, you know, we're, we're in this point of, OK, well, we don't know what kind of team this is going to be now. We're obviously going to get into it in a little bit on what happens if, you know, Zach Levine does leave and they bring in someone like DeAndre Ayton or they bring in someone like Bradley Beal or Kyrie Irving or someone, uh, you know, um, Jalen Brunson of Dallas or, or somebody along those lines. That's a whole different conversation. That's a whole different segment. Um, but, you know, if they do get to run it back. You know, I, I'd love to see this team run it back, especially with Marco Samanovic going into year two, Ayo Dusumu going into year two, you know, Kobe White continuing to just be healthy and just do his thing and get better. Um, you know, it, it's really interesting to me. And Patrick Williams as well. Like, I don't know how the fuck I forgot Patrick Williams, but Patrick Williams can be a huge X factor for this team moving forward. And I'm super excited to see how he continues to develop. Um, but Lonzo is going to be a key part of that. It, it really means nothing without Lonzo Ball. And I know... That is a very hot take, and I'm not trying to be a big baller brand fanboy right now, but that's the reality of the situation is that we've seen what this team is without a true point guard. You know, they, they, they don't shoot the ball well. They have horrible shot selection. You know, they're not making plays. It's, not as, it's fast-paced, but it's not fast-paced in a productive way. If you're running down the court just to take a horrible fucking shot, that's a different conversation. Now, if you're running all the way up the court on a fast break and you drain that shit, and, and Lonzo Ball lobs it up to you for a perfect slam dunk by, you know, whoever it may be, Zach Levine, uh, you know, um, Javante Green or whoever. It doesn't matter. That's perfectly fine. But if you're not playing good team ball, then it means nothing. And that's what Lonzo brings to this team. On top of being the best defender on this team, a top five defense in this league when he's on the court. When he's not, they're not. You know, Alex Caruso, Patrick Williams, Lonzo Ball. The list goes on and on of great defenders on this team. Ayo Desumu is a pretty solid defender as well. Um, but, you know, obviously, DeMar was slacking in the second half of the season and in the playoffs. Zach Levine was slacking. Zach was better. I would say Zach was average to above average defensively um, before the playoffs. In the playoffs, ooh, it was a little tough, especially without Chris Middleton there. That was ridiculous. But it, it's that conversation of just what are we going to do if Lonzo doesn't come back? And it's a serious concern. So I'm super worried about it. Um, and, and I really don't know where this team is going to go moving forward because it's one of those conversations to you're not going to know until you know. And, and that kind of fucks up what we're doing with Zach Levine because, like I said, if we're going to trade Zach Levine, something I would really want, especially knowing when we got Lonzo Ball in the signing trade with New Orleans, it was basically we had an understanding of this guy might not be relatively healthy at some point during the season. And we understood that. So for me... One trade for Zach Levine that I think would be interesting is Mitchell Robinson, uh, Cam Reddish, and Derrick Rose, or Emmanuel Quickly, or something along those lines. I think that a, a true backup point guard is, is very solid in my eyes. I think Ayo DeSumo is close. I just think he needs a, a year or two more to just continue to develop his game, and then I think he's going to be a problem in this league. Best believe, I, I truly do believe that. Um, I, I, I am a big Ayo fan. So with that being said, like, let's, let's be real here. You know, if you got Cam Reddish to be, what, your 23-year-old shooting guard, then you got Mitchell Robinson to be your backup big. Uh, obviously, Tristan Thompson's out of there. And then you have Derrick Rose as your backup point guard. Or 
you can go a different direction with it and have Emmanuel quickly, who's also, what, 22 to 24 years old. Um, you have a bunch of young guys who honestly are only rotational pieces um, and depth players for, for the New York Knicks. I've also seen a Julius Randle type trade, but honestly, I, I don't like that for different reasons. Some people say, oh, well, Julius can play the five. I don't want Julius to play the five. Julius Randle isn't a true center. Um, and, and it's also that conversation of I love Patrick Williams in this starting lineup if he can stay healthy. And DeMar DeRozan isn't going anywhere either. So I guess you could do something like Lonzo Ball at the one, DeMar DeRozan at the two because he can play shooting guard. He can play the two. Um, then you would probably have, uh, I'd say, Patrick Williams at the three and then, and then Julius Randle at the four and Nikola Vucevic at the five. You're, and then, you know, obviously, you know, your backup's probably being like Cam Reddish or Quickly, whoever else you want to get. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, you know, obviously you still have Io, Kobe, the list goes on. Um, it, 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 Caruso, I don't know how I slept on Caruso, but it, it's definitely one of those conversations that, you know, then you have to understand what do they see in Marco Simonovic, you know, because these are the same guys who drafted the two-time MVP, back-to-back MVP, Nikola Djokic, in the second round. They drafted him in the second round. The Joker is a second-round pick. Let's not be fooled. That's the reality of the situation. So they drafted him in the second round, and they and they were very patient with that. So I'm curious to see, you know, not to say that, you know, Marco Simonovic is going to be a two-time MVP, a back-to-back MVP, or anything like uh, the Joker is, but it, it's this conversation of let's, let's trust the process and let's hear them out on this because they're good at what they do. Arturis and Denver put up together one hell of a squad if they could remain healthy. Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, uh, Nikola Djokic. You know, I mean, it's a solid squad, dude. And, and if, if they could all just stay healthy, I mean, it's a conversation of, of a championship caliber team. And it's just really unfortunate that they can't remain healthy. Um, but with that being said, you know, I, I think, you know, DeAndre Ayton, to me, is the biggest fish in the Zach Levine sweepstakes. I've heard a lot of people say Zach Levine might go to Portland just because they'll offer him the money. He's also from Seattle, so it's, it's that conversation of, you know, going hometown. But it, it is what it is um, on, on that regard because you could also say he wants to be a Laker because of his time at UCLA. Now, I could see an Anthony Davis trade somewhat realistic, but again, the best ability is availability in my eyes. I'd rather have... You know, I was talking to my guy, Robbie, today about it. Would you rather have LeBron James right now or Luka Doncic for this season? And, you know, if, if LeBron's not fully healthy and LeBron's only playing 40 to 50 games and Luka's playing over 70 and their numbers are pretty identical, I'll take Luka just because the best ability is availability. What am I going to do with LeBron on the bench half the time? Um, that's no shot at LeBron. That's just, you know... That's just me saying, you know, when you look at the comparisons of Anthony Davis and Zach Levine, yes, Anthony Davis and Zach Levine are both injury prone as of right now. Um, Anthony Davis far more than Zach Levine, but it's, it's still to be true because Zach's knee. Um, you know, Zach plays through it. You know, Anthony Davis is out six to eight weeks and, and to be reevaluated six different times and plays six to eight games and then is reevaluated in six to eight weeks. It, it's just a constant. And, and, and that's the problem where Zach is fighting through these injuries. The only time he really seriously had to step down was when he fully tore his ACL, I believe in what, 2016, 2015, 2016, something like that, um, after the back-to-back dunk contest but it, 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 with the Minnesota Timberwolves. But it's this conversation of let's just be real here and let's have a conversation with ourselves um, that Zach Levine, as much as I love him, you know, being a max player, does he even want to be here? I think, you know, a lot of people are saying he was disgruntled or, or, or upset about the 
DeMar DeRozan takeover after the second half of the season. You know, the back-to-back game winners uh, on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day against uh, Minnesota, not Minnesota, pardon me, um, against Washington and then against Indiana. Um, Maybe it was flipped. I don't remember exactly which order it was. But it's that conversation of, you know, what are these guys going to do? Whose team is this? And I think Zach Levine was very frustrated with that, which I I completely understand. But at the same time, it's one of those things where I need Zach to be able to take over then. And that's where the injury comes in. And he can't do that when he's he's injured. And and I completely understand that. Don't get it twisted. I understand exactly why he couldn't take over, exactly why he couldn't play the way he wanted to play. Um, and, And that's really frustrating to me to see that. But... You know, it is what it is, and that's the, that's the hand you're dealt. You know what I mean? So you really just kind of have to do what you got to do. And the biggest thing for me right now is what does Zach Levine want? Because Zach Levine doesn't owe anything to the Chicago Bulls organization. He's been here since 2017. He's been here for five years. He has paid his dues. You know, he gave us a season to remember, regardless of being a first-round exit. Um, and I, honestly, I, I'd be upset if he left. I, I wouldn't understand why he would want to leave because they are putting together a good squad and to see how much Bulls fans came back and re- the city was rejuvenated about basketball again for the first time in a long time, being in the first seed in the first half of the season when fully healthy and, and not even fully healthy because Patrick Williams was out. Samanovich hasn't developed yet. Um, you know, there were a lot of guys that were banged up and, and to not be able to run this back, it reminds me a lot of, and, and honestly, they're even better than this team was in the 2016, 2017 with Rojan Rondo, Dwayne Wade, uh, Jimmy Butler, Robin Lopez, so on and so forth. Like that was a squad. That was the squad. I think Bobby Portis was still on that team too. Uh, Miritich, I did not mean to say those two back to back, but, uh, awkward. But it is what it is. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be really unfortunate if we don't get the ride back uh, or run back a squad like this. Um, but I really do hope we get to run it back. If we can't get Zach Levine, my big fish is DeAndre Ayton. I know the Suns just got busted by Luka Doncic and, and the Dallas Mavericks. So that was good to see. Luka and Dirk, you know, baby Dirk and, and, and Dirk getting together at the end of the game was awesome. Dirk Nowinski, shout out Dirk. Um, that's why, you know, I said it at the beginning of the year, I still think Miami is going to win a championship this year, but it would be dope if we had a 2011 rematch, Dallas versus Miami. You know, obviously there isn't a LeBron James 2.0 on this Miami Heat team, but Jimmy Butler is just as scrappy and just as vocal and just as hardworking. So Jimmy Butler versus Dirk 2.0 and Luka Doncic, that would be pretty dope. Um, and prayer, my thoughts and prayers are out for Ja Morant as well. I got mad love for Ja. Um, and it's really unfortunate to see him go down the way he did with that injury. But shout out to Clay Thompson and the Golden State Warriors as well. Um, but with that being said, you know, let, let's get into our next topic. You know, we're having this conversation. The Chicago Bears 2022-2023 NFL season is about to commence. I mean, training camp is right around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. The schedules just got leaked. The NFL draft just kicked off, uh, just wrapped up. Uh, it, it was it was just an amazing, amazing offseason. I've had so much fun with this offseason. It was so different, so vibrant throughout the league. So many trades have been being made. Um, but right now, we're going to get into it really quickly. We're not going to spend too much time on the draft picks itself because we're going to be going through it with my guy, my former co-worker. Allen, uh, who is a diehard Bears fan. You should definitely check him out on Bears Fans with a Brain. Uh, they do amazing work over there, so definitely give him a shout out over there. Tell him Mike Hughes sent you. Um, but with that being said, the 2022 Bears draft picks from the second to seventh round with Ryan Poles era commencing. First round, well, 
second round technically, but first pick, cornerback, Kyler Gordon, safety, Jaquan Brisker, wide receiver, Vellis Jones Jr., offensive lineman, Jackson, or pardon me, Braxton Jones, defensive lineman, Dominique Robinson, offensive lineman, Zachary Thomas, running back, Tristan Ebner, offensive lineman, Doug Kramer, offensive lineman, pardon me if I butcher this, Jatray, Jatiri Carter, uh, Jatiri Carter, pardon me, uh, safety Elijah Hicks and punter Trenton Gill. I think the Bears went in a very different direction than I expected them to. Now, obviously, trading Khalil Mack, getting rid of you know obviously Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman and many others, and Danny Trevathan, a part of this defense. You obviously have to bring guys in. That's a no-brainer. But I didn't expect them to go as heavily defense as early on as they did. I expected offensive linemen or wide receivers or so have you. Um, and for them to be doing what they're doing right now, it, it makes me fully trust what Ryan Poles is doing because he's not reaching. He's not reaching for, excuse me, I don't know if you heard me burp there, but he's not reaching for anything um, out of the ordinary. You know what I mean? Like if he doesn't see an offensive lineman or a wide receiver that he likes at that spot, he's not going to force it. Um, would I have liked a wide receiver or an offensive lineman in the very first or first pick, I should say, in the second round? Of course. Um, but Kyler's going to be solid with Jalen Johnson. Obviously, Jaquan is going to be great with Eddie Jackson and hopefully can carry Eddie Jackson and help him get back to who he used to be of 2018 and back in Alabama. Um, but, you know, I think they really did do great and a great slot guy in Jones Jr. out of Tennessee. You know, I'm a Tennessee Volunteers fan. Uh, so it was actually really funny to me to see that we got him. I was talking to my boy from In Off the Bench podcast, uh, Randy Jowers, Jim Cross and Daniel uh, and Daniel. You know, it, it's one of those conversations to where um, you you just watch a guy play and you never expect them to actually end up on your team. I felt the same way about Justin Fields um, and Mitchell Trubisky. You know what I mean? So I, I've watched both of them play their entire college careers. Uh, Mitch, not much because he only started his senior year. Um, but I watched Justin all the way from high school to college and then to the Chicago Bears. So it's one of those things to where it's really cool seeing Jones Jr. be a part of the Chicago Bears organization. Um, but the draft itself, I thought was solid. You know, we, we really did give Everflues a lot of toys to mess with. Um, our secondary got a lot better, especially with the pass rush not being as strong. Uh, I still love Travis Gibson. I still think he's going to be great and he's going to be able to step up. Robert Quinn with, what, 20 sacks on the year last year. I mean, you can't you can't finish that off any stronger. You know, you got the franchise record. Hopefully he can duplicate that or even sniff half of those sacks. Um, I think that would be a productive year. Roquan Smith is still here. Obviously, Tunga and many others. Uh, we're still curious to see what happens with Akeem Hicks. You know, he's still a free agent out there. Eddie Goldman, I doubt, returns. Um, but Akeem Hicks is definitely one of those things to where I'm like, all right, maybe we can bring him back on a cheap deal since it's May 16th and he's still a free agent. Um, but let's get into the schedule really quick because we are going to get into the draft picks themselves with Allen later on this week or maybe next week. We're going to see what his schedule uh what works out with that, but we definitely are going to break that down because I am super late on that, so I apologize. But week one in Chicago, the San Francisco 49ers versus the Chicago Bears. Will it be Trey Lance? Will it be Jimmy Garoppolo? I have no idea, but Robbie Gold will be returning. That is all I know to Chicago. I'm going to be there for that game. Next game, week two at Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers will be going without Devontae Adams, but does have a now star wide receiver who will be the number one wide receiver they just drafted in the second round. Very curious to see how he pans out. Week three, Lovey Smith as a head coach. The Houston Texans will be facing off against the Chicago Bears. Who will be the QB of that team? 
I have no fucking idea. Um, week four, the New York Giants in Chicago against the Chicago Bears. Week five, at Minnesota against the Vikings. Week six, in Chicago against the Washington Commanders, ladies and gentlemen. They finally have a name. Week seven, at New England. Mac Jones versus Justin Fields is commencing. Can't wait for that game at New England. Uh, week eight, at Dallas. Dak Prescott versus uh, and the Dallas Cowboys versus the Chicago Bears. Week nine, Tyreek Hill and the Miami Dolphins will be going to Soldier Field against the, against the Bears. Week 10, the Detroit Lions in Chicago. Week 11 in Atlanta. You know, Matt Ryan's gone. There's a new area out there. Kyle Pitts is going to be going crazy against the Chicago Bears linebacker core. Uh, can't wait to see that in Atlanta in Week 11. Week 12 at New York against the New York Jets. Week 13 in Chicago against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Week 14 is a bye week. Week 15, A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts go up against the Chicago Bears in Soldier Field with the Philadelphia Eagles. Week 16, I will be at this game. God forbid injury. Knock on wood for my boy, the best quarterback in the NFL. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills will be in Chicago in Week 16. Week 17 at Detroit, Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions take on the Chicago Bears with Aiden Hutchinson being their number one pick of the year. Um, week 18 in Minnesota, or pardon me, in Chicago, the Minnesota Vikings and Justin Jefferson take on the Chicago Bears to finish off the 2022-2023 NFL season. I am super excited about it. I can't wait to see what this means for the Bears. Um, I think it can go a lot of different ways. I think it's going to be really exciting nonetheless. Um, one of my big things right now and, and where I'm really looking at this team moving forward, you know, let's, let's not even talk about the rookies or anything going on with that. I just want to see development from our already cemented guys. I think Justin Fields taking a year two step uh, with a new offensive coordinator, with a new offensive scheme, you know, it, more freedom to just know, be known as QB1 is going to be huge for him. Matt Everflues is great at character development, great at uh, player development. I said character development, but you know what I mean? Playing too much 2K and Madden, my bad. Um, playing MLB The Show right now, though. But it, it's it's definitely one of those things to where you, you just have to look at it from that perspective and say, you know, Justin has a clear understanding that this is his team moving forward. So I feel like that's going to go a very long way, even without Allen Robinson, who just joined the Rams, um, and without a couple other key pieces. But I'm super excited to see them continue to add people. Uh, obviously, Darnell Mooney has cemented himself as the wide receiver number one as of right now. We'll see what happens in the 2023 offseason. You know, what do they go after? Do they go after a Chris Godwin? Do they go after somebody else? Um, you know, are we late to the Odell Beckham Jr. party and we bring in Odell? Who knows? I'm super excited, though, to find out. Um, Darnell Mooney, I'm super excited about. I think he can have another great season. Um, you know, he was obviously amazing last year, and, and I was big on him from the jump. But um, it, it's crazy to me to think that we're so close to being a pretty nasty offense. I mean, I, I think a lot of people think we're far off, uh, but I love Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery. I think they're going to go a far way. I think David Montgomery, if he can stay healthy, this is his season to prove not only can he be a top 10 back, but potentially even a top five running back uh, because he had the numbers earlier on in the season. So I'm, I'm really curious to see where he is and what Khalil Herbert has to, to offer to this team. Um, also, with Tariq Cohen being cut from the team, I'm really curious to see how um, the new running back, Trustin Ebner, ha yeah, what, what kind of reps is he going to get? Like, that's my biggest question. I didn't mean to stutter there, but, you know, it, it really does make me curious to think, you know, what does Everflues think of David Montgomery? What does he think of Khalil Herbert if he's drafting another running back? Now, obviously, depth is just depth, but 
I don't know. I wouldn't waste a pick on, on a running back unless you really wanted to. I feel like they're a dime a dozen, and if you don't think he's the right one, then why do it? I'm not saying that, you know, he's the, the Ebner is the new, you know, starting running back of the Chicago Bears anytime soon. Um, but I, I think there's a bigger picture there of, you know, signing David Montgomery to an extension because it's just becoming typical to let running backs walk, not give them that payday unless they are a top two, top three back in this league. Um, and I think that's the that's what he's honestly going to have to see. Um, you know, is David Montgomery the guy of the future or is this kind of just that bridge gap of he's a solid back, but he's not the face of the franchise type of back. So I'm really curious to see that. Um, but someone I'm most excited about a part of this offense, obviously, Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum. Um, I'm going to miss James Daniels and Cody Whitehair. We already know what we have with him. Sam Mustaford. I'm out. I'm out on Sam Mustaford. It's time. I think he's great for depth, but I, I think long-term starting is not in the in the plans of future with him. Um, but Cole Komet. Cole Komet is the one I'm most excited about right now because the thing with Cole is I feel like if he just works on his hands and, and he's cemented as tight end one, I feel like this kid has all the potential in the world to do whatever he wants to do. Um, and it's just really unfortunate to see, you know, this kid not get the opportunities that we want him to get, not get the targets, not get the looks, not get the plays designed around him. I felt like that was a big part of what fucked me up last year the most was, all right, we're not targeting Allen Robinson, but we're also not really targeting Cole Komet. So it's like, what the fuck are we doing? You know what I mean? We, We have to do something. Why is Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet both blocking? Now, I understand the offensive line was bad, but it, it wasn't that atrocious. Um, but my big thing right now that, that I really do think we need to look at um, is Cole Komet. I think Darnell Mooney has cemented himself, and we know that you know we can trust him to be wide receiver number one for now. Um, but we'll see what happens with that as well. We'll see what happens with that now that teams are going to start preparing for that and doubling him. We'll see how he adjusts to that. But obviously, Jones Jr. out of Tennessee is going to be able to make some noise. Justin Fields coming up. Herbert, Ebner, obviously, David Montgomery. Um, I'm super excited about it. I think this team could be solid. And Jed Hoister actually just got cut from the team. Um, so that really does. And Jimmy Graham's not on a part of the team either. So I- I'm really curious to see what's going to happen for Cole Komet moving forward in this offense. Obviously, Roquan Smith, Jalen Johnson are the dogs of this offense. Or, pardon me, of this defense. Um, and we can trust them to do such. Robert Quinn is still there. Eddie Jackson's still there. They're the veterans of this team. So I'm really excited to see what they're going to bring as well. But... For the Chicago Bears, you know, honestly, four to seven wins, I think, is the margin. Seven is if everything kind of goes right as of right now, unless we really start to see some player development and really start to see a better game plan. Um, I love Everflues, but it's just this team is is made to rebuild right now, and that's perfectly fine. Now, the 2023 offseason, I think you can bring in as many free agents as you want. You have over, like, what, $150, $170 million to play with. Super excited about that. Um, but yeah, let, let, let's just break that down and, and, and wait for it. Can't wait for training camp to start. See if we can get some credentials for that. And hopefully it's going to be one hell of a season. And with that being said, we are going to kick off the last two conversations of the day. We're going to be talking right now about the Chicago Sky. So far, the Chicago Sky are 2-1 and one on the season. I have had the honor of speaking with Candace Parker, uh, Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley, Emma Miesemann, and James Wade. 
Um, and, and it's been nothing but a blessing so far. And being a part of the Chicago Sky Media Department has just been so much fun. Having those media credentials has just been a true honor. But l- let's talk about it so far. I mean, the Chicago Sky lose in overtime to Candace Parker's former team, the LA Sparks, 98 to 91 in their ring ceremony, in their banner ceremony. You know, first game of the year. It's very unfortunate. Um, Liz Cambage went off 12 points, four rebounds, zero assists. Obviously, there's a lot of individuals on this Sky team that I feel like can be special. Um, Canada had 21, 8, and 4 in 33 minutes. I mean, Brown had 12, 5, and 3. You know, um, it, it's just it's just overall a great team. Um, not to say they're going to win a championship, but overall, just a solid team. And with the Chicago Sky missing Allie Quigley and Kalia Copper early on in the season, you know, it, it's really hard for them to get going when they're missing so many key roles. And Allie, the way she spaces the floor, the way she gets everything done, it, it's just really hard to get that going without her. So I, I'm really curious curious to see how they continue to just make moves um they finish off against the liberty they beat the liberty stephanie dolson her first game against the sky since leaving the chicago sky very heartbreaking for me they won that game 83 to 50 bounced their ass um i mean what a game what a game by them the sky went crazy the sky went nuts emma meeseman has been looking great um i spoke with her a little bit about um you know what, what's really been going on and what's transpiring with that so we're gonna have our own episode covering the sky i'm gonna call it sky town it's a new podcast associated with the chicago sky really excited about it um partnering with the asap network super excited about it um in the final game they won the other night 82 to 78 against the Minnesota Lynx. Super excited about that as well. Um, that's a game. It's a must need. That's a must need win. It was Allie Quigley's first game back. Um, I loved every minute of it. And and we're definitely going to continue talking about this in a later episode. Uh, we're going to have our own episode dedicated to the Sky's first three games of the season. So definitely come back in the next couple days for that one. But, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit of baseball right now. And then we're going to get out of here. We're just going to talk about a little bit of standings. The Cubs are winning 8-0 to zero right now. Um, they are currently 13 and 20 playing against the 15 and 19 Pirates. The Chicago White Sox, however, are injury and COVID ridden. They are 16 and 17, not much better playing against the 12 and 20 Royals. They're currently winning one to zero in the third. Um, you know, it's just been tricky. It's been tricky for both teams. And we're going to make our own episode talking about all of that. Today was more Bulls and Bears breaking that down. Um, but we are going to be talking about both Crosstown baseball teams and the Chicago Sky this week. So definitely tune in and catch that. So with that being said, this is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Definitely check me out on the All Sports, All Plays Network on all streaming platforms. Check that out. Love it there. Um, we do Beyond the Rim on Wednesday nights, uh, I believe 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. Central. Definitely be there for that. We talk WNBA with Megan Price and Alana Trapp, uh, two amazing women who host the show and they... They, uh, they, uh, luckily, luckily I am allowed to work with these women because they are the best in the business. And, and I can't even think of anything to say because they are just above and beyond anything you can imagine. So definitely check that out. You can check me out on other shows, the touchdown crew on Sunday mornings, 8 AM, 9 AM central. Um, definitely check that out. I mean, I'm there with Victor Bennett, Charles. Uh, Randy Jowers from time to time. I'm trying to get there more often. But with that being said, thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Don't forget to follow, share, like, comment, subscribe, whatever you guys got to do on all streaming platforms. And don't forget, teespring.com. Buy some merch. You know, it's always there. It's always available. But with that being said, thank you guys for listening. And again, sorry I keep saying that. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Peace.